0: Hello and welcome back to Traffic Talks. I'm excited to be on part two of four of the mental health series that I'm doing for the month of October. In today's episode, I talk about mental health in the workplace and for kids, school and mental health regarding them in this time of COVID. A lot of things have happened since the lockdown and subsequent backing off of certain areas in our lives For example, going to school has become a thing that is now scheduled and has all sorts of protocols around it, work as well. In the recent times, the lockdown has forced people to work from home. A lot of people have lost their jobs. Getting to work from home and actually still having a job is already a big thing. But coping with the mental aspect of it on top of everything else going on in our lives has taken a toll. One theme this episode will focus on is self-control and how to use it to boost your productivity while working from home or having a child who is studying at home, maybe helping them. And even when the lockdown completely lifts or you do decide to go back to work, how having trained yourself with your self-control can actually boost you while you go back to work. A lot of misconceptions people had pre-virus was that working from home was a breeze. People thought you could drink early in the day, you could work in your pajamas, you could slack off and everything would be fine. They honestly thought it would be like a holiday, but it's actually the complete opposite. And this actually hit as a very rude awakening for a lot of people because Seeing something from the outside is very different to actually experiencing it yourself. And when you do work from home, you realize sitting in pajamas all day is not conducive to a good feeling and being ready to work. Sleeping in late does not work well when you have a 9 to 5 and you need to be at work between 9 and 5. Regardless of whether you're at a actual physical building that you work in or whether you're at home. One of the biggest realities that actually hit is that... It can actually be a disaster working from home, especially if there are other people involved and that is a huge challenge to navigate, especially in a time like this. I mean, you're already working from home on your own and you need to learn how to do that. It's a process and then you have other people not interfering, but intermingling with you and there's a lot of factors to take into account. A lot of the time, things like having elderly parents who live with you can be difficult. Children can be difficult to manage and those are things that just naturally occur but on top of that including things like having them become sick or having children who need to do online classes via zoom also unrelated note but zoom what happened to skype like i thought that was a thing anyway having to do zoom classes or zoom meetings was a thing and trying to Navigate that time schedule with yours and having to do all these other things can be crazy, especially when working from home, because you actually need to get work done, not just do your normal things. So it's not just your schedule that you need to adhere to, there's intermingling of other people's things that suddenly become your issue. One of the main challenges when working, or if you're a student, studying from home is self-control we tend to work on our self-control for many reasons for example not eating chocolate or trying to stick to a workout plan because you want to run a marathon is a way for us to exercise our self-control and these can be helpful especially when it comes to the mental Aspect of self control. We tend to suppress intruding thoughts and behaviors and emotions that don't help us achieve our goal. That can lead to positive outcomes like mentally telling ourselves, don't eat the chocolate, or mentally motivating ourselves to be like, stick to the workout plan, you're going to run the marathon, and eventually. You could run that actual marathon because you've practiced forcing yourself to do the workout, forcing yourself to not eat the wrong things. And that's a good thing. But also exercising this self-control muscle could actually have a negative impact on your mental health and well-being. And that's what I'm actually going to be, like I said, focusing on for this episode. So I did a lot of research for this. Bear with me psychologists refer to this as the strength model and it's explained like i said using a muscle so just like using your physical muscles drains your physical energy using self-control is like working a mental muscle and drains your mental energy and as we all know draining your mental energy can have a physical impact on you leading you to feel more tired and stuff so there's a lot of things to take into account when looking at this aspect Self-control is something that is obviously difficult for a lot of adults and parents, but for children it can be even more difficult because children are constantly connected to their phones and the internet and this opens up a whole new world for options and opportunities for procrastination. Also, when children are at school, there are strict rules around cell phones. They have to focus in class, do their work. Between this time and this time, they're focusing on this subject. You know from this time to this time they have a break when they are at home there's generally no one to enforce any kind of rule like that if there is a rule at home and also it may not be as harshly enforced at home as it is at school. So at school, you could get detention, you could get your phone taken away, you know, something like that. At home, it's just like, no, put your phone away and then move on with your day. So it's not as strict and this is where self-control comes in. Kids need to learn the self-control to not want to do those things. But like I said, it's hard. You have a whole new world at your fingertips. This can lead to an understanding of, The more we exercise self-control, the more mental exhaustion we experience and this can actually lead to unhealthy behaviors like snacking, getting into arguments with people that you live with or even out of the norm alcohol consumption if you are an adult. Like school, work environments are actually set up make sure you work more effectively home environments are the exact opposite and they offer you to rest and relax and not work so having to mentally do a 360 of my work is now my home and my home is now my work can kind of mess you up and because of this we've had to adapt to new technology, new forms of communication, Zoom meetings, hello, and we've also had to learn to resist all temptation and creature comforts that our home brings us, and to actually find some miraculous motivation to actually get work done in your home environment, and these kinds of things require a lot of self-control, which therefore uses a lot of mental energy. Realizing all these things, that it's exhausting to work from home, and it drains us dealing with kids, work, trying to relax, but not to relax too much in our homes. It's a lot. It drains us mentally. We know that it drains us. So how do we actually fill up our own cups and kind of replenish that energy? Because it's not only during working hours that we use our self-control. Out of working hours, we also use our self-control. So a related concept was psychological detachment and it's a very simple sounding phrase, but it's actually very important. And it refers to switching off mentally between things. So it could be switching off mentally from work, meaning work-related thoughts and activities are cut off. This is to ensure that things like your mind wandering to, did I maybe get an email? Should I finish that task? Do I really want to do this job? All those kinds of work-related thoughts doesn't blend into your post-work time, and this could be something like your time with your family, your friends, even self-care time, or anything like that. It detaches you from your work, and the next day it detaches your home life from your work life. It's almost like a mental switch in your brain that you just flick on and off between work and home. One thing that we don't realize we used to do was when we leave our work in the afternoons, we kind of switch off our work brain and they're like, oh, I'm going to go home, I'm going to do this, I'm going to relax. And when you get in the car in the mornings to drive to work, you like flick that work switch on, like, oh, I'm going to get to work, I need to do this, I need to do that. And that was an unconscious way of us realizing and detaching between one and the other. We don't realize we do it. And now that we don't have these clear indicators of detachment, it's a shock to our system. So now that we actually have none of those triggers, we actually get confused because our, like I said, our work is our home and our home is our work. It's the same. There's no clear boundaries. And that's what we need to figure out. In the previous episode, I emphasized the importance of having a routine because when it comes to working from home, having a set routine that can help you detach and switch between work mode and home mode and vice versa is going to be the best thing for you. Research has actually shown that people who work from home tend to actually work longer than people who work in an office. And this just emphasizes the point of needing clear structure in terms of the times you work because you just might go over without even realizing it or do it intentionally and not make up for it plus the time that you save by not having to commute to and from work can be spent on other activities and that could even be extra time in preparing yourself for the day or preparing your family for the day now we move on to the tip section of this podcast this seems to be like a running theme even in like my research section before i even start recording these podcasts and planning them i have lists set up for each one so i think i'm going to keep going with this just listed form of things the first one is seemingly obvious but to set up a dedicated workspace like i said seemingly obvious but a lot of people do not have the luxury of having enough space to set up an entirely separate area to work in make the most of what you have and as long as it has as little distractions of its own, you should be good. Try and make it your own. So if you can have like a little section, even even if it's at your dining room table, that's just your little space, do that. If you have a favorite mug or pen or something, keep it there. Realize this is your space, this is your working area, and that's it. Don't have other distractions there. And It should be a productive area, so try not to have it too close to, I don't know, your TV or your fridge, like things like that. Your workspace should be conducive to your productivity as an employee, but it should not make you a superhuman employee that does five times the work just because you're working from home. Pace yourself or you will burn out. Trust me, your life and your health is not worth the stress of working that hard. Also... If you don't have an entire room or even a separate space try and put all work related things in one area and try and pack it away at the end of the day so you don't have a constant visual reminder of your work so for example if you have a work computer or something cover it up with a cloth at the end of the day if you have actual files or folders or something put it under that cloth or put it in a box under your desk or out of the way so that that visual reminder of work is not in your space Especially if you have maybe a desk in your bedroom, try and make it a separate from your normal living day to day time as much as possible. I do know that as someone who does work from home, I have a corner desk with my workstation on there and essentially I only use that for my work. It used to be my desk for journaling and things like that. I still journal, I just don't do it at that desk. Because when I get to that desk, that's work time. If I want to journal or something, I'll go downstairs, make myself a coffee and journal or um, lay on my bed and do it. That area is work only. So try and keep it separate. I've said it once, I'll say it again. Routine. This routine is more of your day-to-day work time. At work, you also used to have a set routine, even if you may not be able to remember it correctly. But there was a certain time where you would go grab coffee with someone, go have a snack with someone, go get up and do this, go get up and do that. Try and figure out your routine, even if it's just at home, especially the times you work for your work. If you start at eight, you start at eight every day. If you finish at five, you finish at five every day. And try and take small breaks in between and also take your lunch time. Just because you're working from home doesn't mean you aren't granted a lunch time. Take your lunch, take your small breaks, and this will ensure that you are actually productive and not burnt out. It may actually be more beneficial because if you do kind of feel stuck, you can just get up, do a lap and come back maybe you'll have figured it out or realized you know what i can't do this right now maybe i need to have some you know more time to think of it i'll switch tasks something like that it'll do a lot more for you to be able to have a little bit more flexibility and when you can get up and move around than just trying to get everything out and force yourself to do all that work also self-control takes up all your mental energy if you have fixed times to get up go grab a snack get up take a walk you know if you have set times like that you won't have to use as much self-control and energy stopping yourself from doing that because it's not time you'll know oh my alarm just went off it's see snack time number one for the day get up and go grab a snack maybe i'm not hungry maybe i'll just take a lap having things in a set routine does make it less stressful for yourself in terms of the mental energy and self-control you have to exercise which is better for your well-being overall if you do have another person like a parent or a spouse or a partner or someone who is actually able to help you around the house even some older children make sure you ask them for help especially when it comes to caring for one another or any of the pets you may have at home even if it's a mundane task that you just cannot get to ask them for help. If you are having someone who is a partner, make sure you're splitting the responsibilities between yourselves. Because if both of you are burnt out, neither of you can help anyone, let alone yourselves. So definitely look into that. And having open and honest conversations about it would be the best thing, especially going forward. Like I've said, being strict about your work times are important. Being strict about your communication methods and times is also a good thing for your work, especially when it comes to emails and, you know, responding to maybe a WhatsApp group you guys have for work now that you're working from home. Be strict about when and how you will respond. A lot of times you can have an automatic out-of-office email or a way-on-leave email type of thing. Set it up that five past five while you are done with work, that message automatically kicks in, meaning... If it's after 5 past 5, I'm done. I'm out of office. I'm not working. I will respond to you tomorrow after 8 when I start. But that's it. There's no work urgent enough that's going to make me drop what I'm doing to get to it. And that's just it. Have certain times for checking your emails even while you are working. Especially if you are someone who communicates a lot via email. For me, I know I constantly need to be checking my emails. So I have a system in which I do my work and after a certain time, task is completed I will check if any new emails came in because they are sporadic sometimes I'll have no new emails for 30 minutes and then all of a sudden I'll have 10 emails that come through all at once so that's my system and I've worked it out figure out how and when you are going to communicate with others especially if you are working from home because you don't want to take on other people's problems especially if they aren't yours to deal with this is actually going to make it a lot easier for others to understand you in the future where it comes to things like this is my clear boundary on when I will answer when I'm doing my work when I'm doing things and they will understand that you work from a certain time to a certain time and that's it have strict boundaries around that especially where easy communication is applicable like having whatsapp mute the notifications until the next morning or things like that having a way of going about it for example turning your email notifications to out of office turning the the whatsapp group to mute ending those things off at the end of the day can actually be a way to detach And starting them back up in the morning can be a way to kind of reattach to your work mode. So maybe that's something you can look into. And this actually builds on the next one, which is building routines and habits that can eventually be done on autopilot and don't actually require self-control on your part. So having an alarm that goes off for a coffee break or having a way that you start up or end of your workday could actually be a routine without you even realizing it. One thing I actually like is the Google Assistant. If you do have that on your phones, they have this new thing that they've done where they have a workday schedule so monday to friday you'll say i'm starting work now google and they'll pull up this thing where it'll do at certain times of the day they'll remind you of certain things and you can customize it per day for the entire week monday to friday or saturday if you work six days a week all those kinds of things and it actually is really awesome so it can remind you hey take a break you need to do this you need to do that and it is brilliant because it's actually a routine builder it's a good foundation to start off with and it actually tells you like when you need to be starting work and when you need to finishing it which is actually the following point which is having clear boundaries for when you work and when you play and this could even mean having a schedule open in an excel spreadsheet or something like that just so that you can understand what you need to get done for your work and what you need to get done for yourself because doing things outside of your work time for work is going to frustrate you and upset you and stress you out and therefore will make you have a bad time with your family because you're cutting off from them to do your work and eventually it's going to just cause a whole bunch of problems for you sticking to things that you plan to do with your family or even for yourself if you live alone is very important i mean are you getting paid for this overtime? and if you are is the money worth it because there's only negatives and no positives especially if you're going to be staying late to finish a task only for it to go into someone's email and wait for them till the next morning because they actually have their boundaries in place where they don't do work after a certain hour so was it really that urgent that you needed to stay up late or stay out late to, to do it i don't think so the time that you actually spent on it is something you'll never get back when you could have just said, you know what, nope, tonight I'm playing Scrabble with my mom which is what I actually did one day so, it was worth it to play Scrabble versus do work cause I had to stay late to do work the money at the end of the month was definitely not worth it and the stress I went through was not worth it so trust me, cut off when you cut off and don't look back this builds into the next point fully engage in the activities you are participating in after work. So if you're going to be gymming, go for it. Use up your physical energy, especially with me. It's an office job. I sit in the chair all day. I get up and walk around as much as I can. Sometimes I can't. It's just too crazy. So when you do anything that you going to be doing after work put all your effort into it because that is what's worth it at the end of the day and working on yourself is always a brilliant thing to transition into especially because it would be like filling up your own cup after work if you finish at five take 15 20 minutes and just do something for yourself even if it is changing from a work outfit to a more softer casual outfit or even if it's like doing a quick workout to just enough your your day from work to home because i used to actually gym after work and that i thoroughly enjoyed so having that for me was really really fun and that could be something you might do find a way to Take a little bit of time for yourself. Even if you meditate, you know, that's something that you could try. One thing about self-control and the mental energy thing is that we spend this mental energy and self-control on things that could really have easily been avoided. For example, healthy snacks. If you prep them ahead of time, there won't be that temptation and Having to use mental energy to decide, what am I going to have? What am I going to snack on? What options are available? Ooh, should I have this one or that one? It's between the devil and the deep blue sea, really. Like, there's no winners. So... Something as simple as prepping could make things so much easier for yourself. And it boils down to routine. A lot of people have a Sunday prep routine, um, which I honestly think is brilliant. I love watching those kinds of videos and things. And prepping is going to do a lot of things because it can snowball into something incredible for your life. Now, all these tips and things are all good, but it also is going to be determined by what kind of a person you are. A lot of the times it's subjective. There are people who need constant communication and there's people who enjoy being alone. There are people who need others physically around them and there's others who thrive being alone in their apartment and just being like, yes, this lockdown has been amazing. Like it just depends on who you are. And some people's energies and beings fluctuate obviously but a lot of the time it depends on the people around them so some people feed off their energy and others are drained by it which is like the whole extrovert introvert thing so figuring out what your needs are can help you a lot when it comes to building a routine especially for yourself and one thing you can actually do is try and track your energy and how your energy fluctuates when you are having a normal day so for example sometimes after you complete a big task you actually have a burst of energy because "Ah, i just finished that task i feel so good oh yes or maybe if you knock off a smaller task you're like oh that was stupid i'm glad it's over now i'm tired so it's about figuring out who you are and how you handle different situations and this can actually help you structure your routine because if you find that you do well and you have a lot of energy after completing bigger tasks maybe you'll save that for the morning and get that burst of energy from like I just did this big task I'm going to do a lot more and knock out a lot of bigger tasks early in the day and save the smaller ones for close to the end of the day to kind of slow down your day and kind of leave you feeling more slow and sluggish if you are someone who is actually more proactive and willing to speak up about the needs you have at home especially if you have a child or an elderly parent talking to your boss or your manager about streamlining your workload could actually be a good idea. This does not mean asking for a four-hour day just because you have a parent or a child at home but rather cutting down on useless meetings or unessential tasks that could honestly be handed to someone else or cut out completely or actually just minimized and slotted into something else. I do know that my brother has two daily meetings that fluctuate so much in terms of length. It can literally be an eight-minute meeting or 45-minute meeting. Yet the time that it's scheduled for is literally 30 minutes each. I don't get it. A well-worded email would suffice, but apparently not. So if you can find a good reason to not do that and get like an email or even offer an alternative, I'm quite sure there's no option. There's no way that your option will be rejected. So speaking up about things can benefit you in the long run and I know this is a difficult thing it's easy to say but a difficult thing to actually do because a lot of people are like yeah and then he says you fired and then what then I'm without it I get it I get it but there are people who do that so asking is free you should try it out and yes I have done it it's coming up in a much later podcast so yes it does work by the way one thing that is very boring to emphasize, but I need to do it nonetheless, is your physical health because it's very heavily linked to your mental health, meaning your diet, your exercise and your mental health practices are all important. Eating healthy, exercising, cutting down on drinking and smoking, especially drugs if you are doing them, cut them down, cut them out, please. Cutting down on sugar and snacks, making sure to do some mental exercises. All of these things are things we know yet we don't do, but making sure to do small things like practice gratitude or journal is very important. Monitoring your health, especially if you are prone or have experienced depression or anxiety, is vital, especially in COVID and post-COVID, because not taking care of yourself is going to aggravate those mental conditions and you might end up worse off than pre-COVID and no one wants that. So if you do find yourself in a difficult position, ask for help, ask for someone to sit with you, even just hit up a friend on a phone, get help. A lot of therapists have actually changed up how they do things and done remote sessions, phone sessions, things like that. So look into it and Try and get some help for yourself especially if you need it because we'd rather have you here than not. Trust me on that. With this whole thing prevention is better than cure so taking proactive steps is always going to be the best option. I understand that doing these things from home can have a huge impact on your mental health so trying to do better for yourself is brilliant but Actually go out and do these things because especially if you have children, having someone model these behaviors for them is going to help them be better. So if you are struggling, reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, a therapist if you can. I know it's expensive, but find help and don't be afraid to talk about it because starting conversations around these things are going to help us move forward as a society and not make it such a taboo topic. And that's what this one was about. Reaching a lot of people. And that's what the series hopefully will achieve. Making people aware that this is something that affects us. Especially in this time of COVID. We've had to realize that there are so many more things around just this virus attacking your body. There's a mental, physical, a socio-economic, a global impact. And we all need to stand together to get through it. So, yeah, this got heavy at the end. I'm so sorry. The episode is practically done and i haven't put any songs because the series is too serious to to be made light of but i did actually have a few songs for it but i think i'm just gonna skip that and end this one off yeah, i hope i've given you some tips on what to do enjoy have a good day love you bye